All right, folks. So today's recording is a solemn one, a solemn and depressing one, but also a hopeful one. We cover a review of Rogue One, who, eh, for the most part, it was a really good movie for most of us. But also today, as of this recording, was uh, the passing of Carrie Fisher, who will be missed. And to follow by her requests, she died, as she would like to be said, she drowned in moonlight, strangled by her own bra. On that note, with everything else... I'd like to begin Geek of the Week with Bo. Hey. And Pete. Hey. Hit the music. I'm your freak of the week. I'm the freak of the week. gonna bother too much with the year in review down the road right Bo I don't think that's necessary let's leave 2016 to the back burner and like goodbye a couple more days and we can move forward and train ourselves and forget 2016 and embrace the New Year's baby that is 2017 yeah so as of this recording our princess our lady of the burbs our lady of feminism our lady for uh, providing care for the mental for mental illness, Carrie Fisher has just passed away. Like I've said before, in accordance to her own requests, as she's put in her own book, she drowned in the moonlight and was strangled by her own bra. In moonlight and was strangled by her own bra. Because space. And because space. Uh, the little story behind that is... Um, in her own quote, she said, in her own book, she said, remember the white dress she wore through that film? George came up to her on the first day of filming, took one look at the dress and said, you can't wear a bra under that dress. And she responded with, okay, I'll bite. Why? And he said, because there's no underwear in space. And he said it with such conviction, like he had been to space and looked around and didn't see any bras or panties anywhere. He explained... You go into space and you become weightless. When your body expands, then your body expands and your bra doesn't. So you get strangled by your own underwear. And she responded in her book with, uh, I think that would make a fantastic obituary. I tell my younger friends that no matter how I go, I want it reported that I drowned in moonlight, strangled by my own bra. With that, I say carry on forward, everybody, and report the same. Because it's kind of weird that there's no bras or underwear in space. And I think she even went as far as into, um, what was it, in The Force Awakens, she didn't bother with a bra in that movie either. Tell you what, if there's no underwear in space, I have a whole new respect for Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) And that's rough. All the things that they're doing, all the flips that they're doing, the Jedi in particular, without a jockstrap, that's impressive. Oh, Jesus. Literally just being held up by the force. Yeah, boxer briefs would be awesome in that clothing that they're wearing. Can you imagine the chafing Luke is going through in the linen outfit he's wearing on Tatooine or whatever that material is? Oh, God. The closing thought, of course, is then that when Vader grabbed the Emperor and threw him down... He's oh. not wearing any underwear. <laughs> so He grabbed him you know. right by the stump. And grabbed him by the stumpies. 
and threw his evil behind down the hole. And that's how I will remember that because of Carrie Fisher. She's an amazing person. I do know that she filmed all of her stuff ready for the next episode of Star Wars. So it's going to be interesting to watch that. Yeah, I think that's her last film, right? That's going to be her last film. So you ready for that, Pete? Yeah, man, that'll be that's you're right, but that's going to change how we view that, right? Um, always, always interesting. No, it's just always interesting to me when an actor dies after filming, but before the release of a movie, because we have that time to know that they're not there and then to see them on the, in the film and be like, oh, man. So, yeah, that'll be that'll make that one a little heavier than it needs to be. Yeah. And I mean, like Star Wars isn't the only thing she did. She's done a lot for movies and a lot of screenplays and a lot of uh, scripts. She's done a lot of script doctoring in her time. She never had hesitation to make fun of herself. She will be missed. I am hugely grateful that she had enough time to do this one last movie so I can appreciate it more. I shudder to think what this movie would be without her or any of the other original cast. So going out of their way to include the original cast in these transition movies as they move into a new generation of Star Wars heroes. Harrison Ford clearly uh, took himself out of the equation beforehand and uh, helped Kylo Ren on his path, whatever that is. That leaves the ball in the court of Mark Hamill now. All Mark holding down the fort. Him and Chewie. Peter Mayhew. I've met that guy in person. He is gigantic. Very. <laughs> I've seen him too. And I'm not a small person. He is gigantic. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to look forward to uh the movie for 2017 last time that's uh, and i've seen i've seen i think i'm positive i've seen pretty much every movie that carrie fisher's been in and i've seen all of her speeches generally and uh and any i've missed i think i'm going to get a chance to see it now because you know how it is when one passes media just pushes everything that they uh ever did and i don't think that's a bad thing for her because she was not one that said many negative things about herself in the business, except that it's the truth behind it. She had a very interesting life. She does come from a bit of Hollywood royalty. She is uh, very much old school Hollywood because of her lineage and, and her family. So in that respect, she had a lot to say about what it is to grow up in Hollywood, not be found or, or try to push her way through it. And uh, I think between her and Harrison Ford, sort of trying to pass a torch to a lot of younger actors and actresses about being responsible for what you do as a profession and the people who are part of our production. Uh, these are Harrison Ford's words here. Or sort of just embracing a lot of the pitfalls and shortcomings of an industry that doesn't make it easy to be a person with a life that's filled with a lot of paparazzi and uh, negativity. Uh, that's Carrie Fisher. Daisy, the actress who will take sort of her baton passing Daisy Ridley's character and Finn, Mr. Boyega, I think have a amazing opportunity to learn something from both of the, a the actors in that film and sort of just have these amazing careers i think they took those opportunities and they're gonna go with them just the same on that uh not to make everything about this all somber so today we're gonna have a nice review of rogue one and uh talk about that movie and make it just mm, a tarkin strikes again <laughs> yeah speaking of those dearly departed actors of star wars <laughs> there's no escaping cgi tarkin yes the man who fell entirely down the uncanny valley uh, yeah rogue one man it's gonna be an interesting uh, discussion we have about that pete are you hyped did you did this fulfill expectations did this did this fill the hole in your heart that's waiting for the next episode <laughs> it did but more than that it um it 
calmed my nerves about what to expect from these one-off films. I know there's a lot of these planned, and I was nervous before seeing Rogue One, and now I'm I'm assured that the franchise is in good hands. Absolutely. I wonder what's going to happen with some of the other ones like you. There's absolutely Han Solo's going to happen. I don't know if Yoda or Boba Fett will. If you can't tell folks, I'm fighting off a cold, and I'm trying not to talk too much, but it is what it is. Mike is also as well. Pete's the only healthy person among us, <laughs> which is good. Pete sings like an amazing human being, and I would rather... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it sounded. Probably sound really strange. All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to be that guy. Oh, you're gonna have you to be that like guy. It? You didn't like Rogue One? I was underwhelmed. Oh, you were underwhelmed. Oh, oh yeah. my god. There's no underwhelm in space. I shouldn't be underwhelmed in Star Wars, but here I am. Oh, so really? aside it, it from it being, such, it had such rich characters. Which we call that I got and understood. Okay. Yeah-ish. I mean, look, aside from evil office boss in white, who <laughs> I had to look up was the name. His name was Frenick. Okay. He reminds me of the guy in the office who's like, hey, could you see, see that thing? You know, you come in coffee mug. It. Yeah. <laughs> like, as bad guys go, it's kind of office The other characters, uh, Frenchie, as I like to call him, the French resistance guy who shoots people on the back. I had to look up his name as Cassian. Okay. Her name, I remember because they mentioned it a lot, but like they're, they're mostly forgettable, especially, especially I, I everybody they had French, later. By the way, Bo, I don't, I don't think he was I'm French. not saying he was French. I'm <laughs> saying that's the vibe I got. He's the French resistance guy. You know, okay. I'm here to help you find the answers to the things. The, the Gestapo are upon us. I had to shoot you in the back. You cannot escape. They cannot know our plans. The extras, that they add like halfway through or a little more than halfway through are so forgettable they don't even mention their names. They're just those guys who ca- come with Cassian to die. They could have at least given them the courtesy of a roll call and like done the A-team and read their names off before they killed them. So they're like, we're here to die for you. My name is um, something. So I can't agree personally that they were really memorable. Um, the most are the giant robot played by my favorite Alan Tudyk. And the very enjoyable older married Asian couple <laughs> clearly look like they've been together a very long time and decided that they weren't going to go much further past each other. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off there because these characters were completely fleshed out for me. I completely understood them. They were sure. in what, what was her backstory? Who, Jen? Mm-hmm. Jen was an abandoned child turned criminal. I mean, like criminal, was, what, criminal what? They gave a list of her crimes. I mean, to be honest with you, she had more of a backstory than Han Solo. Han Solo was just, he was a smuggler. That's it. That, that's it. He was a smarmy smuggler. I mean, like, seriously. These backstories were more in-depth than our starting characters besides Luke Skywalker and Ben. Except her backstory really wasn't. I mean, one, she wasn't that strong an actress. Two, she was barely memorable. Disagree. Disagree. Three, she didn't really seem too torn up about anybody around her dying, not Forrest Whitaker, who raised her. Barely her dad, who gets shot in front of her. She was extremely torn up about her father. There was a whole scene around that, dude. I'm uh, sorry, I disagree on all of this. The guy who didn't raise her? Yeah, she was really bent out of shape about him. Not the guy who actually did raise her. You mean the guy who abandoned her, handed her a gun, and sent her on her... Like, she was two steps away from hating him. Who raised her up until at least roughly 18. Yeah, and left her with nothing but hate for him. She made that clear when she finally got back to him. She was two steps away from saying F you. Okay, so you're telling me she couldn't figure out where he was in all that time? Like, look, okay. She wasn't looking. She wasn't looking. Tell. Nobody was. 
he abandoned her as far as she knows. She didn't find out until she saw him in that movie that uh, 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 the reasons behind the abandonment. Let's go to Cassian. What was his character development slash backstory? I don't shoot your dad? Yeah, pretty much. Because he was... He was the dark doer of the rebellion. I mean, there's bad there's bad actions on both sides, and he was the guy who was who they sent to do dirty deeds. That's obvious because they asked him, "Yo, you got to go kill this guy." And obviously, they showed it in the beginning when he killed that other guy. And then when it came down to it, because of his meeting of her, he just couldn't do it. Same though, when he dies, why do I feel bad that he died? Where's my connection there? He he shoots people in the back. Because he suffered just like everybody else, and it brought him to that. We have a lot of heroes that shot and stabbed people in the back in real life. Our best heroes in history shoot people in the back. I mean, Han Solo kind of did. <laughs> yeah, seriously, he shot. He shot somebody under the table, man. He shot, you know, just to get out of you know something he owed. Yeah, exactly. That was that wasn't very noble. No. Right. And he was going to leave the princess in a cell in the in the Death Star until he was offered right. money. He was he was a scumbag. He was a pirate. No, no, no. I have a lot of movies to get to enjoy Han Solo's character. I have one movie to make a connection to these guys. And I did. It's one- it succeeded with me. I felt bad when they were biting it. I didn't. I knew the inevitability was there, and there was no... I. My wife, who sat next to me, was like... Was kind of staring blankly. I was like, well, you, you're okay? She's like, yeah, it's just whatever. And... I thought it was just me. It wasn't just me. There was no real connective for me when anybody got got except for the two Asian dudes and the robot. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm more on, on leaning towards you, Mike. I felt like they gave me enough for sure. They gave me certainly as much as the other the other characters. Um, I know if we're, if we're comparing Cassian to, to Solo, you know, obviously it's there's a lot that Han Solo brings. I mean, there's a lot that Harrison Ford brings in terms of charm. Yeah. So you forgive his roguishness because you just like him. Yeah. And after that play, Cassian maybe was a little less charming which is fine because they were going for more real darker people yeah exactly exactly but clearly he had an arc you know he that was a he, he disobeyed orders directly not to kill the father because he had formed a connection with uh erso you know erso and i i call him a better person than solo because the things that motivated him to do wrong things weren't for himself no that's true he like he mentions he's been in the rebellion since he was six this yeah. is the only life he knew was fighting and that, yeah, you're right. That wasn't the case with Solo. He was as far from the rebellion as you could get. He was sort of like uh, profiting on it, really, in some way, which is but fine. At, but at the same token, I can say Solo really wasn't involved in it. He wanted really no parts of the rebellion, but that didn't stop him from flushing his entire military career. Uh, that didn't um, happen, bro. That's just a book. That's only in a book. The only one reason why Chewbacca is still with him, and that's, that's because he book. owes him a life. That's a book. These things that didn't happen you- in any of the movies. Him and Chewbacca are tight. Him saving Chewbacca from slavery and being an ex-Imperial pilot, those were books. They're not canon. We'll see what Han Solo's background is when they do the Han Solo movie. All right, look, you can try to you can try to take me out of the legs of this one. It's fine. I don't care. Han and Chewie are tight. Han's a better character. Frenchie has nothing for me. He's boring. He okay. has no character development. None. I, I disagree. Han's not a better character. I call them on par. Han has more movies behind him. And uh, Han, in many ways, is, from his first movie, way more shallow than Cassian. But he grows with movies. Like, his best movie was Empire. And his uh, his funniest movie, where he's the most dopiest, is... His return. Return. He grew. In, in um, A New Hope, he was just the guy who got them somewhere. A scruffy nerve herder, yes. Yeah. No, he didn't give it. But that's my point, is that... They had so little time to make you like these characters. For me, I was looking for reasons to like them, and I really didn't find any of them. He was the resistance guy from a kid 
who really was just about the job, and she was the criminal who didn't care, but all of a sudden all about the resistance when it becomes personal. Yeah. So, I mean, she that's okay, but that doesn't, that doesn't endear me to any of them in the short time that I had. Yeah, she was more Han Solo because she was all about herself until it became personal, and she found out the truth about her father and his connection to the Empire what happened with the people because no one was telling her the kid obviously she was left in the dark and just protected when she found out all of it it became personal and the rebellion became her own understand but here's something that i figured out recently something about the entire movie bothered me and Hold I, on, I just wanted to hear more what pete had to say about his view of it because he was still breaking down i see why you feel that that way about yeah, I, I, I agree with you mike that for me it worked but i can understand that for some people that doesn't work because it's a it's a bit <laughs> of a leap of faith there. you have to either Right. You have to decide to like these characters or not. It's not necessarily on the page. But I agree, Mike, for me, it worked. It had everything I needed. The, the glue for the film that really worked a lot on me was her father's bit of sabotage there, because in the original trilogy, you're left with this kind of idea like what idiot would design a Death Star that could be so easily taken out. Right. And then here you find out, no, this was deliberate. This was an act of sabotage. And this is actually really cool that that like. It's rare that a movie does that. Like basically what I'm saying is the pre this prequel strengthened the following films for me because it made yeah, that it elevated them, yeah. Totally, totally. Uh, French revolutionary aside. <laughs> <laughs> French revolutionary aside, gay Asian couple, uh psychotic uh <laughs> psychotic uh, uh K2SO, the 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 freaking um former Nazi former. robot freaking <laughs> Let's not forget the Imperial pilot, Bodhi Rook. I'll agree with this. There was really no point for the tentacle creature mind torture thing because they went nowhere with that. It's like Bodhi was, he had his mind broken and then, you know, he was kind of okay. You know. Like, yeah, we feel bad. I just wanted to give my, my, my breakdown. I'll, I'll, I'll get right back to you real quick, Bo. It's just, for me, the guy, I like Diego Luna's character, Cassian, a lot because he had a lot of depth. He was... He had a lot of degrees for a freaking Star Wars character because Star Wars characters are usually kind of template, uh, um, not a character, but more of a caricature. I am the good guy. I am the not as good guy. I am a bad guy. I am the not as bad guy. They're just like, I am extreme or in between leaning towards one or the other. And they don't go any further than that. Um, As for Chirrut Imwe, dude, that guy... I like the the whole Guardian of the Wills thing, bringing up another Force religion in this, and you know, I thought that was really cool. And uh, as you say, his um, hetero life mate over there. <laughs> Look, to your point, I think because this is supposed to feel like part of the originals, I feel like the character characterizations should probably have fit in a little more closely to that good guy, not a good guy, bad guy, not a bad guy. For me, oh, you wanted it a little bit more black and white. Yeah, because. You're, you're putting it against the backdrop of the original, A New Hope in particular. Gotcha. You put 3PO in there, you put Vader in there, you put Leia in there, you, you resurrect CG Tarkin. <laughs> that dude fell down the uncanny valley. <laughs> you, know what you know what, though? What makes me sad about that is he looked amazing in stills and he looked amazing in subtle view viewpoints and reflections and profile. Yeah, yeah towards but the they, end they, of the movie, they, right? They needed yeah. to add some more CG people in there somewhere to no, like no, blend it in. That wouldn't have well, I don't know. It might. It might have because I agree. Like he stood. Anyway, my point is, they celebrated him front and center as if he was an achievement, and he wasn't yet. And so they mm-hmm. were premature in celebrating that. Same thing with Carrie Fisher in the end. They needed to play into the fact that this is an imperfect thing. And you're right. The Uncanny Valley. As soon as you start speaking and the lips don't work right, you're like, eh. 
it's Polar Express all over again. You got to remember our ability to, to detect what is real and what is not, man. That's going to stick out like a sore thumb. And yeah, the Uncanny Valley on Darken was, whoo, it was. I think, yeah, yeah, I think it would have been really a clever idea if they just show you the back of him and then they overlay the CG in the reflection of the window and he never turns around. Been enough because I would have been like, oh, that's him. Yeah, yeah like just have a, an actual actor with the back of him that you're recording, and then use the CG to basically play off the reflection. Might have worked. Although yeah, I, I do um, have to, I do have to say, I I love the fact that they were bold enough to go for it, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, ILM's a thing, you know. Um, but that they're not there though, so they celebrated something that they didn't couldn't really celebrate. That's my it problem. was it was good, and I think that's the best it's been so far for totally. for making a real person out of CG. And Carrie totally. Fisher's Carrie Fisher's was better. Hers was better because she had limited movement, and that helped. Yeah, that's, that's I also true. like the fact that if you re, like, I I watched A New Hope right after I saw the movie. Oh, cool! I watched A New Hope right after I saw the movie, and one thing I felt good about because I was watching this and I was like, "Wow, something's wrong with Vader's outfit." Then we got to New Hope, and I was like, "No, his outfit was just wrong in the first one." Because um, it's they, the cape below the neck versus yeah. above. the no, they copied it exactly from A New Hope. His costume oh, was janky. Was, yeah, I was bothered by that. His costume, like. his costume did look like that in A New Hope because he had the cloth over the shoulders and yeah. the neck was wide and over the chain and sometimes the chain would come out, sometimes it wouldn't. Cool. So, okay. so they made it exact. And then Empire Strikes Back, that's where the improvements are. All the cloth is under the shoulder pads and the neck right. is tighter. Because, yeah, no, they just made him seamless. No, that's good. The pacing was slow for me. I feel like he's still perfectly good Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker is such an amazing actor. That segue of Forrest Whitaker where I hear in the trailer, what will you become, finally clicked to me what it was about that set me off for this movie, for the entire movie, and why I wasn't able to enjoy it as much. There were so many cuts for the trailer where they're running on a beach and it looks like there's some sort of heist or double agent stuff going on with the way they cut it. I got none of that in the movie. I saw none of those scenes in the movie. They cut all of it out and reshot a ton of stuff. Where are all those deleted scenes? All right, so here's the story on the trailer. No, no, I'm saying like in my mind, I was expecting a different movie from the trailers that they put than the one I got. A lot of and those that's, scenes that's weren't deleted thing. scenes. There was some, like you know, the part where she's walking towards the Tie Fighter on the tower. You know mm -hmm. that part. Um, yep, yep. The trailer guys, what they did because they wanted to use that scene at a high point in the trailer, but it wasn't a high point scene. So what they did was they cut the TIE fighter into the scene for the trailer. The filmmakers didn't do that. They did that. And that's I where that came from. That, Hold on. That help. No, it doesn't help. No, it doesn't help. It's um, They took a little liberties with a lot of the, the footage. There were two cuts that were actually reshot because they changed the pacing of the ending because it didn't work for them when they were done. So they went with a, a more direct ending instead of... Cause the original cut for the ending had them going in, then coming back out and running around down there, then going back up. You know what I'm saying? They wanted mm -hmm. more of a A-B ending because they didn't mm -hmm. want it running around all over the place. And they said it made for a cleaner ending, but those original cuts ended up in the trailer, which happens. But it was still no Highlander endgame. No. <laughs> and Whitaker, what will you become? You know, I'm like, what's that got to do with anything? Where, where, is, where is he saying this? What, what is he talking about? 
Who's he talking to? What's going on? What the hell is that thing? Uh, I don't understand anymore. Before I get into praising this movie, I got to tell you, the my, my dark points, my bad points for the movie is, one, I agree with you, that was a waste of Forrest Whitaker. Like, why did he just stay there to die? They could have just had him, let's go, we're getting out of here, and then him, like, break a cyber leg or something like that and be like, go on without me, and that's how he dies. You know, instead of just, like, I'm going to stay here and take fate. Like, they just made him way more crazy than he was. I guess it was he was crazy. That's true. He was crazy. And uh, I guess guilt made him commit suicide. I don't know. Um, the other thing was, like I said, the Tarkin Uncanny Valley. And uh, I liked friggin' the villain in this. He was... How should I put it? Um... What's a good way to say him? He, he he was a competent, different villain. Like he, who Frenick? Yeah, Frenick. He was um, shall I say um, it, you got to see the politics in the Empire. Like he had to deal with the bullshit that you know, like like he was the guy behind pushing the Death Star forward, and Tarkin's like, oh, this is a thing that works. Okay, now it's mine. Fuck off. And, you know, he had to deal with that. And then the only person he can go to complain about it was another guy who was like, yeah, fuck off. Get out of here. I'm going to choke you, bitch. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to make the only joke I ever make in all three movies right here at your expense. Fuck you. You made me come out of my Bakhta tank. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like his job sucked. Huh? Let's just really quickly let's just really quickly quickly talk about how badass Vader's uh, killing spree was. Oh my there. god! You mean Jason Vader Voorhees over there? We needed that. He just like sliced through those, and those guys were like in pure. T- I haven't seen that much terror on screen. Like, I've never seen it. that were, kind of terror in Star Wars. Period. Oh, it was great. They were just like freaking out, like they could not get away from him fast enough. I love that. I was like, yeah, all right, Vader's badass. Yeah, he needed that because he lost a lot of his street cred, you know, totally. with, with his sand problems and such like that. The movie was wow. It was it was it was uh, it was better than I expected it to be. Actually, yeah, that's so, the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, I agree for me, with you, Bo. For me, like, Bo. For me, some level you can break that stuff down, and yeah, sure, yeah, they missed some opportunities there. They tried to cram a lot of characters in, and so therefore each one suffered a little bit. Um, but ultimately, it's it's a taste thing, right? It's a matter of does that work for you or does it not work for you? And for and, Mike and, and I, it works. yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying I was underwhelmed because sure. one, sure. it's Star Wars. I have a really high standard. Underwhelmed um, for Star Wars is bad, though, Bo. Right. <laughs> Nonetheless, wow. I had this. They have Disney money. They have all the budget. They have all the CG. They have everything at their disposal. I have a high expectation and a high bar for Star Wars. Did you say less than Force Awakens? Did I like it less than Force Awakens? Oh, I like Force Awakens more than this by far. Okay. Like, for me, without were, without uh, a doubt. For me, they were tied. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I get what Bo's saying, because um, um, I've heard this before, because he had that disconnect because Star Wars is lighter. And, you know, like, as Bo's GM, I can, uh, I can attest to this. He leans towards a more lighthearted things. Like, he likes the serious moments, but he prefers his, his things. If they're going to be light, he wants to be prepared for that light. If they're setting up light, he wants light. He wants... And Star Wars is a lighter, more action You know, movie. they're sitting there complaining about being in a trash can with a monster. Yeah, They're complaining right. about, so you know, the elevator little... not working. Um, this was too like, gritty for his Star Wars because 
in I, your mind, Bo, this isn't Star Wars anymore. This is some Saving Private Ryan set in yes. a weird Star Wars thing. So for you, it was like, this is really, really, really good fan fiction, basically. Yes. No, no, this absolutely. Was, this it was felt, an awesome like fan well movie. well done fan fiction. Interesting. And yeah, I get like, that. Yeah, yeah, there's like this a group of guys going, hey, do you think we could totally like take the scroll leading up to A New Hope and make that into some amazing fanfic? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Right. We just got to make sure to have the connectives in there. Um, and for me, that takes away from, I think, what would have been an, an amazing opportunity to really connect and expand the universe. Um, I understand that a nobody walks walks away from this, of course. Like, it's part of the scroll like there's nobody who survives this this, right. isn't yeah, yeah. this is famous enough to be um of, of note and mentioned in the scroll but not enough that anybody gets like oh here we have the statue of Jin, right. um etc so on yeah but so see, that you know go on go on finish what you were saying um like there's moments in the movie where I, i'm like i get hopeful about the connectives and i'm like okay there's mon mothma there's some cool uh the hammerhead scene um i I wanted him to say it's a trap or something i don't know but like (laughs) there were moments where it's funny oh you were there i get it i get it all right all right so as i once again i'm going to decipher you bo (laughs) but everybody knows what i'm saying like no no not everybody easily gets it it's uh, what what you're what you're trying to say is basically you were looking for that moment that gives you that tingle that's going to say this is the hope moment that's going to throw everything over the other end. Instead, you got of, okay, they just barely got away. Here's the plans. Pass like a baton and everybody dies, which was just like you were being brought up to a climax and then you were you immediately cascaded into an, uh, into a pit of darkness and that you weren't ready for because that's not your Star Wars. That's not light and hope. Yeah. I mean, it's not now, like... Now, I'm going to say this is why it was good for me was for the same reasons it was bad for you, because it elevates like a prequel should for me, in my opinion. It elevates the next movie. The, it, it gives purpose for it even being made because yeah. the next movie's called The New Hope. If The Hope was in this movie, you didn't need to call that The New Hope. And this is a prequel, so let me see how dark it was. And it was really dark. Everything was at its worst moment. They did hand it off like a last baton. Those guys did die, and they'll only be remembered as far as, far as naming an entire X-Wing squadron the Rogue Squadron in Empire Strikes Back because they won't get named that in A New Hope because it's too soon right after it. They didn't even get through the first... Because this is the first and second battles right here. They just had their first major victory against the Empire according to the scroll in A New Hope. This was that victory. And this is how high their big victories were. So, because the scroll in A, in a New Hope says the, the Rebellion just had their first major victory against the Empire... So now we got to see what they considered a major victory. And that was skin of your teeth. Everybody died. You just barely got away. And you lucked upon the plans of their death weapon. That's where the rebellion was. Yeah, a new hope was a new hope. Because that's when the light was brought in. That's when everything changed for them. Because up until that point, it was dark as fuck all. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and everything got better when you met the new people and they brought in the new cast and Rogue Squadron comes in and they destroy the Death Star and everything's good from that point on. Okay, Pete. I know Mike is clearly a fan. And I know I'm clearly not, a, not quite a fan of this. It sounds like you lean more towards the fandom than the not fandom. What were your like highlights and what were your lowlights for this? 
Ooh, that's a good. That's a really good question. School us, um, Pete. School us. Yeah, right. No, there's no schooling. That's a great question. I think, um, yeah, it definitely highlights or exactly what you said, Mike. Like, I feel like what it did for A New Hope, what it did as a prequel was so nice. Because a lot of times you, you go into a situation like that and, and you go, why, why is this film being made? You know, mm-hmm. why, is this telling me that the beginning? Yeah, what does it bring? Yeah, it's just the opening bring, crawl. Yeah. We got that. We know what that is. Exactly. But again, kind of agreeing with you, Mike, what it did for me was it completely elevated all that stuff. It showed the dark where we were about to see the light. My thing about the Empire is, and what I love about the way that Star Wars is structured, the Empire is all about um, fear. It's all about uh, intimidation, domination. Control. Like, yeah. Control. Those ships. And that's what's so good is in this movie, you really see if you were a rebel, you you would be like, well, fuck, how am I? Get, I I'm doomed. How are we ever going to take out? You know, these Star Destroyers, how are we ever going to take out? Everything's just so immense. Yeah. When apps come into the play and they're just squishing people and you're like, and, they, and he launches a rocket at it and it does nothing. It just goes, you know, like, I love that. I love this total sense of underdog. We are a, a totally, these odds are stacked against us. Yet in that handing of the baton, in this fluke victory, and, and we look, you know, through history, maybe maybe there's some of these situations in, in real history that we can draw from. But those, that one kind of, fateful moment where the tide literally shifted and from then on it took us three more movies but from then on um actually a bit more than that but still we start to see rebellion has a chance they can actually come back again so that's the high point for me low point (laughs) um this movie showed that the rebellion was not a winning crew (laughs) yeah because this was called their big victory go on what were you saying right right. um, yeah just if if i'm gonna pick on low points i would have to agree bo a little bit that the character you know i i would have I would have liked a little more connection with the characters. The character I felt strongest about was Alan Tudyk's robot. Um, and it would have been nice if I cared a little more for the human characters. Uh, I did not like them. I, they gave me enough. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like it worked for me, but I didn't. And, and again, they were disposable. You knew they were disposable going in because you don't hear about them later. So you know that this is a suicide. I, yeah, mission. I knew they were going to die. They were the real suicide squad. I mean, the, the yeah. writers too, they were like, there's no, yeah, they were the real suicide squad. Exactly. Well, that's the other thing. This movie's, Kicks the crap out of Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, so 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 downs, down moments. I would say, yeah, there were some missed opportunities there. I didn't mind the Forest Whitaker dying thing, only because he was a mess by then. He was like hooked up on all these things to keep himself alive. I think he kind of, whether he was atoning for something or not, he was ready to be done. He and just so I didn't gave mind up. that. Kind of, but in a in a cool way. Like, all right, this is my out. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to fight this. You know, um, it, it took them blowing up a planet to get me, so I'll, I'll take this exactly, one. Exactly. That's some uh, Bruce Willis shit right there. Um, so <laughs> Armageddon? Are you thinking Armageddon? Well, Armageddon, yeah, with the little hand comes up. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it was a missed opportunity. I wish they handled General Tarkin better um, just because, again, I feel like that took me out. That took me way out in moments that I didn't want to be taken way out. Um, there's a lot of ways they could have handled that, but that's fine. Um, other than that – <laughs> There's so many cool moments, though. There's enough cool stuff there from like a little kid, like the little kid inside me just loved the blind, the Zatoichi's blind swordsman, you know, kicking everybody. Yeah, you ass. got the whole Zatoichi thing, too. The, into totally yeah, into blind swordsman. Absolutely. Yeah. So oh there's enough God. of that stuff. They did some stuff wrong, too. Like, I didn't love his chanting. The force is one. I went with the force. Like, that felt a little goofy. Where again, where I didn't need it's a it mantra. to be. Goofy it's there, a mantra. But I totally forgave it because it was it was so cool. Yeah, I don't know, man. It worked for me. And there was enough, even though the characters were throwaways, they each had a little bit of arc that kind of worked enough. You know what I mean? The other thing I want to throw in is like, this was big and small at the same time. So it doesn't take away from the saga movies. Because these are the in-between anthology stories. They're the like, 
the 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 short little short stories that happen in between Star Wars and stuff like that. And if yeah. they're gonna be like this, these things that are done in a different feel and take that elevate other movies on top of themselves, I think I you know, know what I'm going here. Yeah. Now you were you were you yeah, you you, you, off guard. The, you weren't prepared. Right? You, they, weren't prepared. They you tricked you a little bit though, yeah, right? Yeah, you felt a little you, switched. You didn't I was get, waiting for like the double agent super yeah. heist movie. Yeah, where yeah. she has to make the choice of whether to help the empire or the rebellion or something. I, I don't know what I was waiting for, but like I didn't get it. You didn't get that um, whole tone that they were sending in the trailer, which was this is going to be a dark movie, which was what like, they were saying. The yeah, yeah. There's moments there where I was like, oh, this is totally going to be a, a like a ducks in a barrel for these guys, um, especially the beach on Normandy scene that you see in the trailer. I'm like, well, they're not walking away from that. There's walkers right. there. Um, yeah, and uh, as a weg note, like West End Games, Star Wars, we know that your blaster pistols and your speeder scale rifles are not going to handle walkers, Bo. We know that. No, sir. Yeah, yeah no. Get, you, get you a ship. You need a fighter, a starfighter or... or, or uh, starfighter or go home. Yeah, starfighter and up. Because so walk, speeder scale, that like for walkers, those things were amazing. Because like... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh, walker scale, they're not even... You can't even fuck with them with a different walker. Yeah, I think those yeah. weren't, and and I noticed different markings on them. I don't think they were ads. No, they were. They oh. look like uh, they were. They were testing an early version of it. Yeah, I think they were slightly. That's different. the feel I got. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, did, like they're like. Sorry to over geek on you on this. It's just we Star Wars. We know it too much, <laughs> you know. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but that's the thing. Like I feel like that's so. That's the filmmakers had a huge task for that exact reason. They're dealing with a. Uh, a, a a world, yeah, like a whole mythology that people know so well. And so you're going to get both of these extremes. You're going to get Bo, who was disappointed because you wanted more. You expected more from it. And you're going to get Mike, who was like, you were fed the right stuff. And I feel like they had to balance that. They wanted to give fans the moments they were hoping for, give them the geek, geek out moments, give them the, the consistencies of Darth Vader's uh, outfit, of the look of the inside of the, the X-Wing cockpits. You know what I mean? Like they gave enough uh, sort of fan service to us to make it work while keeping it modern, while keeping the style a little grittier, a little like handheld and close and the, and the combat looking real and, and the stakes being high, people actually got mowed down. Like stormtroopers weren't missing with their, with their blasters like the way they did. Still in the missing class. a lot though. But not <laughs> the storm, com- the storm commandos in black. Nope. No, They're sir. Badass. Oh, the death. They missed nothing. Uh, uh, the, 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 the stormtrooper death squad. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were perfectly good. They were on the money. That's what I liked about this film versus the, the originals. I feel like, like I was saying, like the Empire needs to be uh, feared, right? They need to be something that we actually believe. And this movie made that happen for me. It made me feel like, and same thing with Force Awakens. Both of them made me feel like, damn, the Empire's badass. Like, yeah, because like where we left off in uh, Return of the Jedi is, um, teddy bears did kill their army. Yeah, not so formidable. If, <laughs> yeah, now, mind you, I find those teddy be- I find those teddy bears are badass. I think we took it the wrong way that those teddy bears stepped up and they had better right. swing on those rocks. And then at the end of it, they ate a bunch of stormtroopers because they cook people. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they played drums with their helmets and there was some still goo in there. The, the teddy bears are vicious. I think that people are not getting that. Just, just you know, don't underrate the tribal people. Those yeah. teddy bears were not teddy bears. They're like, oh, they're small and cute. I'm like, they're still as strong as someone twice their size. That's yeah, dangerous. That's dangerous. And those teddy bears, mind you, they're teddy bears. Name and remember where the teddy bears named after Theodore Roosevelt, the most yeah. warmongering guy we knew in our history among our presidents that we could still like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, uh, rightfully all, named all, teddy bears. 
all said and done, it was still an amazing popcorn movie. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. Um, I did enjoy it because it's it's Star Wars and it's fun and it's entertaining. Um, I get that they don't want to like push hard right up against A New Hope and it's got to make New Hope look better. But for me, this sets a precedent now where I have to wonder if every time in between a major movie, they're going to do these sort of mini movies. Is this the new sort of stamp? Is this their new bar where it's just used to make the following movie better or the connective movie much more better versus trying to stand on its own merit? Um, and that's weird and different for me having grown up with the other stuff where it's literally just the high points are Empire and the low points are the Christmas special. So <laughs> That's a deep low point. Um, yeah. I mean, even the prequels are better than the Christmas special. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah what, what this did for me, Bo, this this made me this gave me confidence that I will at least really enjoy whatever the universe, Star Wars universe, puts out for me. And I didn't know that going into this. This is the first sort of one-off piece that we have, right? And there there will be more, but this was like a big test. And for me, it worked. Yeah. And at least it worked enough to that you'll keep going. Yeah, and this steps away from the whole saga thing. And I didn't find it a mini movie. I found it a complete movie. And I found it was one of the few prequels that knew its place as a prequel. You get it? Because you've got a lot of prequels. Like, there's not many good prequels. You know, you could argue that God, what was it, Godfather 2 was like a good prequel. Like, half of it was a prequel, right? (laughs) You you know? Um, But there's not many good prequels. And that's because they don't know their place as a prequel. You're going into telling a story that's supposed to be relevant to people who know the future of this outcome. You know? who know the future of this outcome. And they didn't make any bones about it. They sent all the signs in the world in the trailer that these dudes are going to die, all right? Don't look for anybody in future installments. None of this is going to be appearing in Episode Eight. No, she is not the mother of um, friggin' um, Daisy Ridley. Uh, Daisy Ridley's character, Ray. No, yeah. first of all, that doesn't make sense age-wise because, you know, Luke is a kid at this... You know what I mean? <laughs> all right? And... But the fans are nutty, man. They're like, oh, I hope this gets a sequel. Oh. You mean... In- <laughs> really? Um, it, it, well, your, good thing is your prayers are answered. Yes. You, you're good. They got you. Right now. <laughs> and I guess on some level that's actually rather apropos and that there's several generations of kids <sighs> seen A New Hope and this may get them to watch well, yeah. A New Hope. Yeah, to them, the, the, pre, the other three... One, two, and three are the ones that they know. Yeah, I got to admit, there's something that I got to admit to this. Like, I've watched A New Hope a dozen times, but, like, A New Hope, while I love the movie, it's always felt slow to me, right? It's always felt slow to me after I've seen it when I, because when I was a kid, that was when it was amazing, it was new and stuff like that. But watching it over, it was always the hardest one to watch over for me. But the day I watched it after this movie, it it, it did put more life into A New Hope. I was able to go through that movie no problem because everything... It makes a lot of more things have sense. Like, this was like... Um, how should I say? Um, repairs on A New Hope. Because remember, A New Hope was kind of a rushed and battered movie. Yeah. Yeah, and this put some patches on it. Like, it did fulfill the reason why the Death Star had a glaring flaw, flaw right, in it. Right, right. It did give reason. Like, if... Like this is the second movie, and already in the title crawl it said that the rebels are coming back from their big victory against the empire, and now we see the earth-shattering victory against the empire right <laughs> after that. 
And then, right. and now you go back and see with the prequel that no, that what they call the big victory was nothing compared to what you got in the New Hope. Nothing. Right. So what they were calling victories were just skin of their teeth, just scrambling right. like in the cartoon, just 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 trying to stay afloat, keeping their nose above water to stay a rebellion. You know, so it did a lot of things to elevate it. You know, and then yeah, it put more cred back in Vader. Like he was like, you know what? Now I'm dangerous again. <laughs> you know. Totally. So I, that's what left me, man. It, Vader was always dangerous. No, I don't. Dude. I don't acknowledge the prequels. No, but you have to. You're like you can't just throw a blind eye to they them. Can't, they can't force me to acknowledge it as part of the <laughs> canon. They can say it. I can look at it and go, uh huh, that's nice. I don't have to. Because what the prequels taught me, Pete. Number three works. What? What the prequels taught me is that the chosen one was really Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I got out of prequels. Is like Anakin wasn't the chosen one. This said he was the chosen one. Rogue One said, "Yeah, he was the chosen one." Went bad, <laughs> you know? right? And boy, did did this movie really bring it home that um, the war is very different without Jedi's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I imagine that would have been a different movie if that was a real lightsaber in his hand versus, you know, a staff. Um, but he wasn't a Jedi. He was. I know. I'm just saying, like, just, just, just insert Jedi right. with lightsaber there, and this is a completely different movie. Right. Um, they literally don't die, probably. Right. Um, because of it. Well, also, supposedly, supposedly the religion that he's part of has origins connected to the same force spirits that taught Qui-Gon how to go into the force mm. so his entire religion is around um, the forces around me, the forces within me because when I die my spirit is going to be collected by the force yeah Just so that's why his hetero life, mate, hetero life mate had to go too he's like no, no, no you're not, <laughs> you're not leaving me like that <clears throat> and dude seriously that I have feels when that happened like that, totally. that, that gave me the feels because you were hoping he'd make it, right? You were hoping, yeah, he's going to gun everybody down and he's going to make no, it. No, no, not really. I didn't have feels because of that. I had feels because I could tell he was upset that his partner died and that he was going to make them all pay before he, he went yeah. to. Like, yeah. he wasn't walking away from that. No. He could have, but he chose, he's like, no, um, you took out yeah, my yeah. partner. I'm going to. Um, and then he finally embraces the mantra. So that gave me the feels. Uh, K2 gave me the feels. K2SO, the way he went down, dude, that droid was... Oh, you know what? I missed it. I went to the bathroom during that scene. Really? Uh, I have to see it again. You gotta see it again. Yeah, gotta see it again. That's without a doubt. You gotta see it again, because that that was an amazing scene. His last stand, K2SO's last stand was was well done. It was well done. He didn't go down easy, Pete. He didn't go down easy at all. No, no. he, he was dangerous. He really was dangerous with a gun. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I want to see that. Well, it that's... pained me that I had to get up and, and go to the bathroom. Well, in a nutshell, um, how would you rate this between um, from uh, one to five capes and cows, Bo? One to five capes and cows? I thought we were going to rate this between uh, light and dark side here. Like, how many, how many lightsabers are we going to rate this at? All right. So, okay. How many lightsabers? How many? Okay. How many? How many non-existent Star Wars bras? How many? 
Frozen. That's a shout out to I, Carrie. <laughs> I opened this two and a half non-existent Star Wars. Bros. Out of five or out of ten? Out of five. Two and a half non-existent Star Wars bros. I give this a solid four full bros. What about you, Pete? Four. Four full bros. Yeah, four full right. bros. That brings up yeah. the double strap ones. The double strap ones. The double strap reinforced, custom made. They had it custom made, full support. Yeah. That is underwire shit. <laughs> yeah. Folks, this is clearly the Star Wars movie you were looking for. Yeah. Some <laughs> references there for you. And it has been a long time since I have felt this feeling. So go watch it if you haven't. Make your own feels. Come up with your own ideas of it. If you're listening this far, you spoiled the hell out of it. And you've already seen it. Kind of feel bad for you. We spoiled it. Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Rest in a peace. new hope spoiled it. Spoiler. A new hope spoiled it. A new hope spoiled it, yeah. Yeah, you can't be surprised when you go to see the Titanic that it gets hit by an iceberg, you know? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or that the, the, the 300 Spartans die at Thermopylae. Or, <laughs> you know. Exactly. We knew this going in. Or Spartacus's rebellion loses in the end, or, you know. It was uh, the how. William Wallace gets, you know, flailed and quartered, and, you know. <laughs> you know. The Empire Strikes Back, because it's literally the name of the, the movie. It's The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, be uh, you know, their the strike was heavy, but in the end, they weren't yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> well, th this movie makes me happy and hopeful for the continuation of the Star Wars franchise. Yes, I feel like it's in good hands, and um, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited for Episode Eight. Force drink some coffee and gets to work. Uh, after it awoken, yeah. <laughs> the Force having previously awoken. Drink some coffee and gets down to work. Um, uh, a lot of the stuff we said in the beginning didn't come through on the recording, so I just wanted to say, you know, like I was trying to squeeze it in there. Um, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. This is uh, she passed today, and um, we we all can give a moment of silence. You made some awesome movies. <laughs> yeah. You gave an entire generation of young men hope for bikini metal bikinis. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, People. On, on that note, I think I think I think we said everything we can about the about Rogue One. Awesome movie for most. You know, two out of three ain't bad. Okay. And Bo didn't say he hated it. Good movie for everybody. Yeah. Awesome movie for most. Yeah, awesome movie for most. Yeah, there you go. So we just want more. Yeah. So, like, uh, as usual, you know, I'm giving a shout-out to our boy K.O., um, the guys at Thunderstruck Studios. Love having you here every time, Pete. Check out his Love album, me. Diamond Head. Um, shout-out to Pete, who's working on his uh, Luke Skywalker beard. Yeah. <laughs> reach, us, reach us out on uh, Geek of the Week on Twitter, Geek of the Week Podcast, or GOTW um, on, uh, on Twitter. Send us your opinion. You can uh, check us out on our website, and you can email us any anytime you want if you're interested. And uh, let us know how you feel. That and everything else. See ya. Later. I will see you later. Bye-bye.